hey and welcome to insurance town i'm the mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast guys i'm super pumped that you are here to hang out with us today i could not be here without my incredible sponsors and we actually have a new one coming into the show i cannot wait to tell you more about it keep on the lookout for that you may have seen the linkedin post We've got Agency Performance Partners coming in to sponsor as well. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, Kelly Donahue Piro and her team bring so much value uh, to the industry, and I can't wait for you to learn more. But uh, you'll hear more about that in the next episodes coming up. Today, I want to talk to you about Smart Choice. They are the fastest growing agency network for a reason. They have no lengthy contracts, no sign-up fees, no monthly fees. They do bonus and contingency sharing. They just want to make you a better agency. They really help you navigate the relationships with your carriers. They negotiate higher commissions and lower production requirements. And uh, whether you need one or 10, you know, uh, carriers or markets accessed, you know, go to smartchoiceagent.com. You'll be so glad that you did. I also want to talk to you about my friends over at CoverDesk. They do such a great job working with um, CoverDesk, does such a great job working with virtual assistants and helping uh, you, the agent, to focus your time on what's most important. And that's, you know, closing that deal, building that relationship, taking care of the things that uh, make you happy at your job. Um, they are a win-win model to help you grow your business. Go to coverdesk.com. That's coverdesk.com. Tell them that the mayor sent you and you'll be glad that you did. Today, again, we've got my friend Andrew Wynn here uh, who is with Ascend. You know, I, I saw a post from him. It was on LinkedIn. I started following him. You know, he starts talking about some stuff that I'm interested in and what he's wanting to do uh, with the uh, the payment system and not just premium finance, but so many other things you're going to hear more about as he gets to tell his story as well. Sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Mr. Andrew Wynn. Andrew Wynn, what's happening, brother? Hey, Heath, how are you today? Man, I am good. Uh, how did, uh, what'd you think about ITC? Let's start off there a minute. Cause I know we were both there passing each other in the hallways, didn't get to visit at all, but what'd you think about ITC? Oh, it was so good to be back with so many people again, so many familiar faces. Nice to see people in real life, not on zoom for the first time in a while. So I had a blast. Yeah, dude, a hundred percent, man. So, you know, it was my first time. So I was a little oh, wow. overwhelmed, yeah. uh, being, uh, big guy from a small city. Uh, it was, it was crazy. So, um, but I just, I'm glad to see that it was good for you. Uh, I'm sure you had some good meetings, learned mm -hmm. a lot. So it was cool for me to get to run into some friends that, you know, it's funny when you're in this business and you've doing been podcasting or like you said, zoom meetings, you feel like your best friends are some of these people. You've never met them face to face. Yeah. Like <laughs> our, our friend broker Brett, totally. me and that guy talk on a weekly basis. I'm like, Oh, he's my boy, but I've never met him face to face. till finally we had a few cocktails at ITC. So uh, that's awesome. He knows He knows his way around a cocktail. So he's a, he's yeah. a, <laughs> yeah. that he does. That yeah. he does. He, he, uh, he treated my wife and I to a good time. So we had a great time. Um, Fantastic. Uh, so um, before we get too far into, you know, chatting, like, Go girlfriends. Let's uh, go down uh, memory lane. Um, I want you to talk to me. Go back as far as you want to. Lead me up to uh, where you are today. Oh, it goes way back. Um, let's see. So, um, you know, I, uh, I I grew up mostly in small town Indiana, and uh, my my high school was smaller than 
uh, my middle school because Amish kids don't go to high school. So that sort of uh, contextualized what what my my childhood and, and upbringing was like. Um, and um, maybe as a result, I went and tried to get away a little bit and then, you know, experience some other stuff. And so uh, I went to college at Purdue, um, studied there for four years and then wanted to get even further away because Purdue is obviously still in Indiana, not very far. Um, so I joined the Peace Corps and uh, I was in the Peace Corps in Senegal for a couple of years um, working on economic development. And one of the really awesome things about the Peace Corps is you get to, t- you know, it's only two years, right? And you get to take a step back at the whole world, right? Because you're not going to stay where you are typically uh, and sort of see where all the fun, cool, exciting things are happening. Uh, and at that time, it was, it was 2013, um, I saw all this really cool tech stuff happening in San Francisco. So I was like, I got to go there and uh, ended up getting hired uh, from a job to a job at Levi Strauss in San Francisco uh, in their uh, technology program. And totally sight unseen. I was talking to Brett about this the other day, actually. And they hired me, you know, uh, yeah, totally sight unseen and, and worked at Levi's for a year and then started meeting and getting into the startup scene in San Francisco, um, which is uh, my roommate at the time actually was a, an early engineer at this tiny little company in a house where they were delivering groceries. Um, and so he's like, come work with me. And I was like, okay, it's cooler than Levi's. It's fun. It's a bunch of people hanging out, trying to make some, build some stuff and make it happen. Uh, that company was Instacart. Um, and so worked at Instacart when it was just some guys in a house, literally, which was very fun and cool and sort of where I had my startup stripes and most importantly met my, my uh, co-founder who I've now been working with for nine years, uh, Praveen Chakuri. Um, and that's kind of the, the start in tech uh, as it all, and and then obviously evolved to insure tech later, but that, that's how it all, all began for me. I think you're muted. The button got stuck. So yeah, dude, let's uh, let's go back a minute. Okay, so make sure I didn't brush over this. Did you say you were Amish or you grew up in an Amish town? I grew up in an Amish town. I was okay. not Amish. No, I was about no, no. to say, <laughs> wow, to go from Amish. That would be the full extreme, yeah. Wow. Okay, yeah. so we may have to edit that part out, but that's crazy. Um, but anyway, uh, I digress. So- Let's go back to, okay, the beginning days of Instacart. That had to have been fun. Very fun. And and really, you know, that was the beginning of a lot of, you know, the, the tech companies that we know and, and use all the time today, uh, you know, Instacart being one, but also Uber and Lyft and Airbnb and all these companies yeah. were kind of all in it together. And uh, it was really cool to see that, that all um, happen and be on the front lines and just working with really fun, smart people trying to make it all happen. And like, I think that for me really uh, is how I learned to work, right? In a way where it's like, I want to build this cool, interesting stuff that doesn't exist and have fun doing it. And like, that's what we'll strive to do forever now as a result of, of that early experience. Yeah. So, you know, from, from Instacart, uh, did you learn at Instacart about, you know, kind of, because I know it's a tech thing, but it's also customer experience and the customer journey and whatnot. Did you learn a lot from that at Instacart? Totally, hugely so, and and you know, on sort of the Instacart to insurance jump, which is not a not a common one, it's uh, it actually <laughs> does follow the thread of customer experience. You hit the nail on the head there. And so, um, what that what that looked like was after a few years at Instacart, um, you know, we'd seen this business really grow. We watched it change a ton. We yeah. met tons of people. Uh, and one of the biggest changes that we saw when we were there, we being my co-founder and I, was, um, you know, we we joined Instacart before Instacart had any retail retail partners. We were just grocery shopping at stores and we didn't have the blessing of those people and we didn't have any uh, any real partnerships with them. And then Instacart signed deals with you know a bunch of retailers like Safeway and Whole Foods and Costco. And we watched that really change our business. And so after a few years, uh, Praveen and I were thinking, well, what 
what can we do that's in a similar vein, right? Where we get this, you know, multi, multi-sided benefit where you have a customer, um, you know, someone who's sort of providing the service and then also somebody else who's, you know, benefiting from providing the service or is incentivized to provide it. And we, we realized we could actually apply that same um, mechanic to home services. So not dissimilar, right? It's a very um, big, big market that a lot of people uh, don't always have the best experiences with and is hard and complicated for, for a lot of folks. And so we applied that same um, three-sided marketplace to home services with obviously the customer, you know, the homeowner, uh, the tradesperson. And then we're like, you know, who was our retailer, right? Who was our grocery store equivalent Instacart? And, and for us, that was insurance companies who wanted to provide uh, sort of more than insurance, right? Or move away from uh, repair and p- replace to predict and prevent. And so uh, having a home services offering to sort of get in front of issues uh, was becoming really compelling to insurance, you know, insure tech carriers and, and MGAs, as well as uh, some of the more traditional carriers around this time. And so that's kind of how we made that 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 strange. But when you explain clear jump. Yeah, no, you're right. It makes sense completely. But, I, you know, I want to go back a tad to the, the customer experience journey. Um, yeah. Whether you're in that insure tech space or the Instacart, um, there's a lot of times it can be lost in translation, that customer experience, because you think tech, you think, oh, you're moving, you're removing, you know, the, the personal aspect, the human touch on that. And there's still a lot of human touch with both of those experiences for you and that customer journey from start to finish. So talk to me what that looks like for you and what you learned and, you know, how you wanted to apply that to, uh, what was the name? Was it shelter? Um, or right. even, you know, what you're doing now. So, uh, cause I know that's a big part of whatever you're doing in this industry. That's right. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, this is funny. This is like a, a disagreement my wife and I have all the time. She's in business school. So is sort of and was a was a public school teacher for many years before that. So it's a very by the book definition of business, uh, you know, yeah. and she says businesses exist to make money. And I I say I disagree. Businesses exist to solve problems. Right. Yeah. And so that's ultimately customer experience. And so you have to be able to solve a problem for a customer in a way that they want you to solve it right, for your business to exist. And and that sort of ethos was hugely important at Instacart, right? It was Instacart's number one value was customer first. Uh, In fact, when you have this multi-sided marketplace, right, when you have, in Instacart's case, shoppers and grocery stores and brands, you you know, we we chose to prioritize the customer above all of them when something would come up. Um, And and that is something we definitely took with us and certainly took that into shelter. Uh, I think home services is is an area where um, you know, because it is so fractured, right? There's lots of different, there's not like the plumbing brand, right? Or the electrician brand, right? And so you have all these different folks working in different ways. And some of them are really fantastic. Some of them are the best people you've ever worked with. Uh, and then other ones are not, right? And they don't have that reputational risk. So we wanted to actually really focus on that customer experience and making sure that we were able to help those consumers navigate that and uh, and end up better off than they would have had they just gone at it alone. And ultimately that's, solving the problem that they have. Right. And, and that's really where we were focused. Yeah. You're hundred percent correct. And so like, I'm interested to know with the shelter thing, were you running alongside companies like Angie's list or competing with Angie's list or did you, you know, integrate with them at all? Or was that anything close to what you were doing? 
Yeah, so we tried to be very, that's a great question. And there's Angie's List, Home Advisor, Homey, yeah. tons of them, right? And so lots of people yeah, trying yeah. to do this. Um, we tried to be something a little bit different, but related. We we uh, we tried to run in front of them, I guess is the way yeah. to put it. So oh, okay. That's a good we way obviously, you know, we, we would work with um, insurance companies, right, of various types, whether they're uh, high-end brokerages or traditional carriers, or obviously we sold the business to Hippo. So, uh, you know, working with Hippo and InsurTech carriers, Um and we would work with those folks to offer the shelter service, which was uh, a proactive home, you know, checkup is what we called it, where we'd come in and we'd help with a lot of the really common issues like, you know, replacing HVAC filters and uh, checking around these high risk areas, typically attritional water, right? Uh, so water heaters, uh, yeah. you know, stuff like that. And then we'd say like, hey, you know, uh, we did all this stuff. We, we see that you should probably recock your bathtub or bathroom or whatever. And uh, your water heater is 20 years old and is showing signs of rust on the bottom. We'd recommend that you replace it. Right. And so in that way, we get in front of the, the, the Angie's List or the home advisor because we're telling them what they probably should do to save a headache down the road, uh, as well as save a claim, which is why the insurance folks, you know, were incentivized to work with us. Um but, you know, the, and if we did our job right, they would never have to call the Angie's list because we would take care of it for them. Right. So that, yeah. that was really the goal. Yeah, I would. The best see problem that. is no problem. Right. You know, so, so yeah. that's really ultimately solving the customer problem. No, you're exactly right. But I would also see, uh, you know, being in the insurance industry, as long as I have, uh, I, I've, I've developed a lot of friendships and so do a lot of my uh, listeners with realtors and mortgage companies, people like that. <laughs> inspection companies, I could see, you know, a company like that, that you had started and exited from already uh, being very instrumental in that process as well, working That's with right. that process. Is that something you guys worked with as well? That's not something that we did directly, but we know some folks doing that. Um, in fact, uh, we have some folks who used to work with us who are, who are now doing that and um, they're really great and, and very much on board with that. And there are also innovative companies. I actually think you know, I'm out of the hippo world now, but I think right. hippo is, is doing something on this front around actually providing um, a, a product called inspection protection. Um, yeah. That is sort of a, a an insurance product against an inspection where they're working with, you know, specific inspectors to, um, you know, make sure that if something does come up that they miss that, that that's taken care of too. And um, there's a very cool company called Inspectify, a guy named Josh Jensen runs it, which does just that. Um, he'd be a, he'd be a cool person to talk to if if that's relevant to you and yeah. your, your your listeners. Yeah, more I'm writing down right now. So um, switching gears a minute, I saw your post yesterday, and I don't know if you saw. Uh, I commented on it. Saw that, yeah. And I'm interested to see. Um, first of all, I, I want uh, I want access to that Yeti, but um, yeah. no, I saw your post, and I'll be interested to know kind of your answer on this. I know mine and what I put down, and we could discuss it a little bit, but. Um, what are you seeing? What are your predictions? But maybe what you got out of ITC, what do you think is coming in 2022? You know, we've seen the big data movement. We've seen some other movements come through and trends. I think data is always going to be, you know, something that's important in our tech industry. But, you know, what are you seeing, you know, for 2022? What do you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and I think, you know, you probably have better answers than I do. And, and your, yeah, I don't know about that. Your, your, your listeners certainly have better answers than both of us, I'm sure. Oh, um, for sure. We'll that's go for that. sure. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we'll that, right? we're throwing spaghetti against the wall here, but they know the answers. But, um, you know, what, what I think we're seeing and or what I you know believe is we've seen this really massive change over the past few years. Right. I think a lot of the sort of traditional ways of working, especially on the carrier side, have been pretty uh, rocked, for lack of a better word, by the insurtechs and now COVID. 
And so all the stuff that was going to happen, you know, sort of slowly over many years has really been accelerated. Yeah. Right. It's now, right. It's like, we got to do this yesterday. Yep. And I would say also, you know, th- th- that doesn't mean that like the digital folks or the insure techs are out of the woods, or I don't think they're going to, you know, come and capture hundred percent of the market share and put, you know, all these folks out of business. Not at all. I think they have their own problems to solve, right. As we've seen in some of the public market performance and the loss ratios and the underwriting um, and the, you know, getting distribution, right. They all have, they, they both, both sort of camps have problems to solve. And what I think is going to happen over these, these next few years and and really starting in 2022 is people are going to realize like we have our own unique capabilities, right. And we have our own customers and we have our own unique problems and we should be focused on solving, you know, on improving our capable, our, our very special capabilities. And that's probably like insurance product, customer acquisition, maybe, uh, and then we should be, you know, focused very much on mitigating our risks and our, our problems that we're having and kind of everything else, right? Whether that's like, you know, there's a bunch of different things we should just outsource. And I think traditionally both camps, right? InsureTechs and incumbents have tried to build everything themselves. And so you see companies like AgentSync, I think is a great example of, of this, where before carriers were building, you know, they had these huge compliance networks of how do we check to make sure that all of our producers are licensed correctly. And they built these teams and software to do that. And AgentSync just comes in and is like, we can do that for you, right? And that's a perfect example where folks are going to take these sort of fundamental building blocks and build on top of them into their core competencies. And I think, uh, you know, what we'll really see in 2022 and beyond, both for carriers as well as, uh, you know, distributors, is more of those building blocks existing and and people taking advantage of them. And and my last like point on that and and analogy, I think is it's like e-commerce, right? Like if you're starting a web store today, you don't build the storefront, you don't build the payment software, you don't build, you don't even build the warehouse, right? You send it off to someone who handles fulfillment, you know, your customer and you know, the product that you're selling to them and you spend all your time there, right? The other stuff, it just supports the business. The same should be true of insurance. You don't, you know, as a, as a distributor, you know your customer and you know the products you're selling. It doesn't matter all the other stuff, right? And I think all this, these, these, or it matters, but it's not your core responsibility. Building blocks for that stuff will exist and people will start taking advantage of them. Yeah, no. Uh, so I've got this book that I've been reading uh, called The Common Path to Uncommon Success. You ever heard of it? I've not. By John Lee Dumas. Great book. Uh, my friend Kelly Donahue Piro sent it to me and I've been reading it. And, uh, you know, Arlene uh, and Ted Travaris are good friends of them as well. But so this book talks about what you're talking about right there is, you know, that, you know, we think, I would think we like, we think alike in this. And so does this book talk about getting to know what he calls your avatar, your audience. Yeah. Get to know your audience first. You know, you got to know what they want, what the pain point is, solving that problem that you mentioned earlier you and your wife argue about, and I don't know what husband and wife don't argue about certain things, but if that's your thing, you know, once you figure out, you know, what that pain point is and what your avatar, you know, wants and needs, then you build that platforms around that. I think you're right on. And, you know, my answer was completely different on your LinkedIn post. And specifically, you know, I talked about, you know, uh, we're going to see more and more self-driving cars, more and more yeah. AI. In, uh, and uh, like you said, I think AI and self-driving cars are something that we thought about in like 2030 or 2028 yeah. or something crazy. Here they are. And here they are now. And I don't own a Tesla. I don't, I'm scared to death of it because I'm old school, little rock boy from Arkansas and the sticks. But I, um, you know, I'm scared to death of, you know, something like that. But I think we're going to need more tech to be able to take care of those, you know, self-driving vehicles and, you know, the technology that goes around AI 
But I also yeah. think you're going to see AI more involved in like uh, the health insurance, the life insurance space, yeah. and you know, surrounding all of that and, and getting that more involved. So I, my prediction for 2022 is we're going to see you know AI more involved. Um, yeah than we have in the past. I could be wrong. And again, you're in this space. You're smarter than I am. My audience is definitely, you know, more attuned to some of this too, but I'd be interested to see what your thoughts were on that as well. I think that's exactly right. And I think you can look to uh, something like commercial auto as an example of where that's playing out a little bit ahead of the curve on, on personal, right? Like you see a lot of these, these truck uh, businesses now and, uh, and the, the hardware that they're coming up with and how these, these, a lot of, you know, MGAs and, and carriers are underwriting based on this data that's coming to, to personal lines, right. And to, to yeah. personal. Model. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, one of the things, you know, uh, <laughs> one of the things I've been doing this now for, you know, podcasting for a little over a year and a half now, and I'm working on my transition. So sometimes they're a little clunky, but I do want to talk about, as we're talking about this, uh, my audience laughs at me, I'm sure about this, but you know, we, we talk about, you know, providing, you know, the, the answer to a problem, and see, solving that issue. Uh, one of the things that I think that all insured techs should be surrounding, and follow me here, I'm going to get there, um, would be to help agencies sell more policies. Yep. You interrupted me. I love it. Go. Yeah, that's you know, it. That's the answer, right? That, or help carriers it. better manage their expenses and sell more. That is the biggest trend and change we'll see in insure tech. And that is what I was trying to like get at with the infrastructure piece. It's yeah. Like, we're not like the 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 right answer to insure tech is not what people thought it was five years ago, which is we're going to come in and build alongside and better than you. It's we're going to come in and build with you, right? We are not going to compete and replace you. We're going to make you better because you guys understand insurance better than we do. Clearly, right? That that cat is out of the bag. Um, but at the same time, we understand tech, you know, and and how these tools can be leveraged maybe better than the insurance folks. So why why compete? Let's work together. Man, I love that guitar riff. Uh, but you know what that means? We're at a mid-roll ad. I got to talk to you about my friends over at Canopy Connect. They are your one-click solution to getting the deck pages. You need to quote your prospect. You know, lately I've been doing some demos with them and introducing them to some of you, my citizens out there. And each time that happens, you guys sign up and you call me weeks later like, oh my gosh, you were not lying. This is unbelievable. Uh, it actually works. I send this to my customers. Within seconds, I get the deck pages. They think it's great. I think it's great. And now you can create customizable links for your referral partner that you can send them that they use. And again, it sends you those deck pages in seconds. You get your business done. Uh, the customer's happy. The referral partner's happy. You're right in business, improving your agency. Oh my gosh, it's unbelievable. Uh, check it out. Use canopy.com. Com. Tell them the mayor sent you. Let's get back to the show. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I, I have said this a hundred times on my show. So my audience, you can blank out for a minute, audience, if you're listening. But I say a lot that in the past, you know, 10 years ago, we were scared to death of InsurTech taking over. And, yeah. you know, trying to replace. And now the tech companies, um, whether they're vendors or they're carriers, they're wanting to help sell, you know, want you to help be a better agent. That's right. And they realize the importance of the human touch, the importance of the advisor, the agent, the consultant, the carrier, whatever it might be. Because I think at the end of the day, no matter how much technology you have or AI or, 
data or whatever, you still need that, uh, that human touch. You still need that, that salesmanship, that consultant. And I think yeah. you're right on. Yeah, uh, no, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And so going back to my clunky transition, help me get this a little smoother here. Talk to me about what that, you know, helping people sell more, what that means to you when it comes to payments and what that means to ascend. And maybe yeah. talk a little bit about what ascend does to help that issue out. And let's kind of transition and talking about why I brought you here to talk about an incredible product that I'm excited to hear more and more about. And I know my audience will too. Yeah, well, well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to, to share share more about it. Um, Do you like that clunky transition? I like it. Yeah, it's good. You know, it's uh, it's speaking my language. I'm not the most, you know, I'm, I'm with you. Um, I think, uh, I think uh, you know, I, I'm trying to think of my own clunky transition now. You know, our <laughs> real time, goal bro. here is to help folks sell more, right? At the end of the day, that is what our mission as a company is to help people protect the things they care about. That's probably the same mission as you, right? And so yeah. that's what I mean. We are completely aligned with the folks in the existing insurance ecosystem. And so we, you know, we're very deliberate about that and and, and want to work with, with everybody, right? And make life a little bit easier along the way using technology. That's not zero sum, right? That's better for everyone. And so right. what Ascend does is sort of going back to that, that point we were talking about earlier around these different sort of core building blocks, right? That you should be able to build it, bring into your business and not have to worry about and build yourself. We saw payments as a, as a perfect example of something like that and insurance where there's a lot of complexity in, in payments of insurance, right? You have agency bill, direct bill. If you're, you have premium financing, if you're agency billing, then you have to you know, handle payables to a wholesaler or a GA who has to handle payables to a carrier, right? It goes, and then there's an endorsement and an endorsement, 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 right? Uh, premium bearing, premium reducing, right? It just is endless, right? And yeah, we kind of right. sometimes forget how uh, weird that is, right? And we're just like, oh, that's what it is. Well, it doesn't need to be that way necessarily, right? There's a lot of work that goes into that. And if you look at potentially, you know, I, I would, I would, uh, you know, ask your audience maybe to sort of think back through their own businesses and as they think about, you know, what their customers are calling them or asking them about and what they're spending their time dealing with that they don't really want to be dealing with. Um, I would imagine payments is pretty high on that list. I mean, that's certainly what we've heard from our customers, um, where it's like it's just should work smoothly. And so that's what Ascend uh, is built and, and set out to do is we help folks whether you're a you know, brokerage doing agency bill, whether you're a GA, you know, like some of these new care, you know, GAs and carriers you talked about doing direct bill, uh, whatever, we help you um, better, you know, give it deliver better customer experience around payments, as well as simplify your operations and and the ease for you around actually dealing with payments. Yeah, I, I what I love and what I'm hearing right now, um, and what I think is a huge issue in in financing. Going back to my agency days and my carrier days, is financing should not be um, a, a friction within the buying process. Ding, ding, ding! Exactly, like that is the tool of financing, right? Imagine, right, right, like imagine trying to buy a a car and they don't offer you financing. People offer financing because it makes it simple. It makes it it reduces friction. Premium financing today adds friction, which is very counterintuitive to financing. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, it doesn't have to. Nope. It doesn't have to. And I think it should be something that, I think it's a great analogy about the car. Um, and I think it's funny, you know, there was a, uh, and again, I, I'm from you know, small town Arkansas. 
and there was a uh, car dealership, used car dealership place that would do these uh, ads. Um, Bring a weed eater. We'll trade in your weed eater, your lawnmower, whatever, for a brand new car, or a, you know, yeah. whatever. And I thought it was hilarious because they're doing everything they can to get people on the lot. And, yeah. you know, it worked. I'm sure there's a lot of people dragging those damn weed eaters, you know, yeah. to get a new car or to get a car, so to speak. Um, and I think it works, you know, gets yeah. you there. But again, um, that financing, you know, it obviously helps with that because they couldn't afford it. If they bring in a weed eater to exchange for their car, yeah. they can't afford that Acura they're buying yeah. or that yeah. Toyota Tundra. But they're getting it because they can finance it for the next seven years yeah. or six years. So I do think, and it goes back again, it goes back to my selling days. There was clients that I had on the commercial side that would maybe not take all the advice to give them buying up or buying the policies that they needed because of the, the fear of not being able to afford it or oh. things like that. Go ahead. Sticker shock. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. I think, you know, financing can, uh, financing can be a really, you know, can some, can obviously be misused in some cases. It sounds like, you know, the weed whacker guys was probably doing that, but uh, as a, when used properly and used, you know, judiciously and, and alongside people, you know, like we were talking about the, the human touch where people actually care and share that mission of helping people protect what they care about, then it's actually a really powerful tool to getting people the, in our case, the coverages they need um, and and yeah. might not be able to get otherwise, right? Like if yeah. you think, you know, if you're a, if you're a commercial auto, like if you're an owner operator of a, of a tractor trailer, your policy is very expensive, right? Relative to probably what you take home every year. And so being able to break that up over 12 months is, is actually, not just nice to have, it's probably what you need to have in order to, to run your business. And so, you know, financing when it exists or when it, when it, uh, when it's used properly is a really important tool. It's just like clearly, right? Like if you have a mortgage, you, you've lived this, right? You, you take a mortgage, so you have a place to a roof over your head. Um, so when we think about that, you know, we, we, I'm sure you and your, your listeners know, like under insurance is something that I think we talked a lot about a few years ago, but it is really still something that's a huge issue, uh, especially as perils increase and change and cyber and all this stuff. And so we see financing as a way to also sort of help mitigate that a little bit. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And especially when you think about when you mentioned the word perils, I immediately start thinking about the wildfires in you know California. The tornadoes going on where I'm from, you know, the hurricanes that we've just dealt with. I mean, there's a lot of people that that may not be buying the, the proper flood coverage or may not be buying That's enough right. other coverages because of sticker shock or they can't afford That's it right. or they have this or that. Whereas your company's coming in. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, or their policies just be, you know, or they could only get ENS coverage now and they have to pay it once a year, right? They don't even have rate plan options. Right. And, or if they do, and I don't know, uh, you know, we can add this out if we need to, but you know, a lot of times with the premium financing, the interest is so expensive, so crazy on that, that they're like, I don't want a premium finance. I want to go with a company that does it because I can't afford the whatever that number may be. I'm not even going to throw a Maybe number out there. Yeah. yeah. But they're big numbers on that interest. That's right. And, and you know, we saw that as an opportunity because as we thought about the business, I'll, I'll share a little bit more about how Ascend works just for the, for the yeah, content. Please so do. what we do is we power essentially what we call checkout, right? So you can uh, uh, either, you know, through one of three ways. If you're someone who's really techie, you can integrate our, our system into yours. And then when it comes time for a customer to you know pay in your portal, we come up there and handle the payment. Uh, you can integrate through something like a Salesforce or an AMS, obviously. And then the last way is no implementation. You can just use our web dashboard to enter the insured information, upload the policy doc, put in the premium info, and that creates 
a link where those folks, uh, the insureds can, you know, click in and it's totally branded to whoever, you know, if you're a GA going direct or a brokerage, it's your brand, right? So that you own your customer, talking about that customer experience and customer touch point being really important. It's not some third party, right? Um, and then we offer the ability for that customer to pay in full uh, through a credit card, ACH, all that stuff. Uh, if there's a rate plan, we let, we, you know, we can set up that automatic rate pen payment through for agency bill. Uh, or uh, if there's no rate plan, then we offer a premium finance if the policy is eligible. And so all that's instant. You don't have to do any extra work, right? It's just there. It exists. It's simple. Um, and so, uh, and then once the policy has been paid either in full or financed, as a, you know, let's take a retail broker, for example, we'll just net you your commission and we'll pay the wholesaler, right? So your life is simple, right? You just get your commission, your insured gets to pay the way they want to pay. There's no checks, there's no, you know, messing around with a premium finance company, it just works. And so um, to, to your point around the interest rate, we saw that in the sort of traditional premium finance space and tried to figure out really what it was. And it turns out a lot of it is just like you've set up premium finance agreements before, probably, right? You know that there's a lot of work that goes into that. And a lot of that's just like pen and paper and time and underwriting. Uh, and so as a result, they have to cover that cost um, through through interest rate. And so, uh, you know, we're able to do that programmatically now. And we say like, yep, this is a XYZ carrier who is, you know, AM best, you know, A rated, the Min, the minimum earned is, you know, XYZ percent. And we just can take all that stuff and offer the quote right there. And so we don't have people reviewing it. There's no paperwork. And, and that allows us to offer a lower cost. Yeah. So a couple of things I want to talk to you about as you brought this up. Um, and I, I want to ask you, so is your, is a sin white labeled to the care, to the agency or the carrier or the MGA? Is it a white label? Right. product? Yep. yep. We, again, you know, we are an enabling tool. We do not want to, it's your business. Um, we are just here to help you sell more. Okay. And then my ADHD here, I got to know, that is a good looking dog back there. What do you got back there? What kind of dog are we looking at here? Thank you. She's a, she's a, a lab, labradoodle. She's awesome. Yeah, she's great. She likes, likes digging in her bed at, you know, the least opportune times. Dude, I get it, man. I totally get it. I got a lab myself. So yeah, you know, so a uh, good looking dog, man. Uh, my you. audience can't it. see it and I hate that, but yeah. maybe, uh, Maybe I'll post a video. And that's right. Yeah, well, I'll send you a picture or something. You know? Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> but anyhow, so white labeled, which is really cool. I, I really think that's you know something that I hopefully continue to see more of yep. is white labeled products, because I do think it goes back to being uh, an enabler in the right sense of enabling more sales. Yep. And so I hope that's something that maybe becomes even more of a trend. But I also want to talk about, you brought up a, a good pain point that I think a lot of my my audience feels and you probably have, have felt from your clients is the, the paper-driven aspect of financing and of this industry. And again, you would think by 2022, 2021 even, we wouldn't have as much paper in agencies, but you still walk into agencies, they've got file cabinets. Yeah. They've got paper and, it, and it's, you know, Making the, the the front end customer service and customer experience that much more difficult, so to speak. Am I saying it right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And so I just didn't know, you know, if that was something you wanted to to discuss a little bit as you were, you know, continuing. I've got somebody vacuuming next door to me, so I'm gonna mute for a minute. And let you talk about that for just a minute while they get finished. No, all good. Um, yeah, I think you know that's certainly something in this industry that is huge. I think these last eighteen months have probably been um, a real inflection point and, and changing that paper driven nature. Um, and we think a lot about that of like, 
one, how we cannot contribute to it, right? Or, or rather not, not contribute to it out of principle, but just meet the customer where they are, right? So um, premium financing as, exa- as a traditional example, the payments can be, um, I mean, sorry, the, the paper trail can be pretty large and a lot of that's regulated. You know, you have to send a notice of non-cancellation, of uh, intent to cancel. You have to know, as, send all that stuff. Uh, however, that doesn't mean that's how you have to communicate, you know, as, as the default with the customer. So we also send customers emails that say, you know, hey, it looks like you're a couple of days behind on your payment. Is there something we can do? Do you want to talk? Right. And just sort of mitigate those um, those unpleasant customer experiences, which are often done by accident. And that's in the financing case and sort of at the top of the sort of insurance world or how it's changing. I think we're seeing a lot more carriers getting, you know, the gospel yeah, on technology, right? And quote and bind integrations and raters, and that will have a, a, a downstream effect throughout. No, hundred percent. That's one of the worst feelings from an agency standpoint, carrier standpoint, and the, the end user standpoint of getting that cancellation letter. It's crazy. And like, it's always like, everyone is always surprised, right? And everyone's yeah, like, nobody in the agent didn't know it was going out. The yeah. carrier didn't, you know, need to sit out, went out automated. And then your agent or the care, the customer calls the agent, you know, saying, I got this this letter. I didn't know this was going on. Like you said, it was something that was unforeseen or, you yeah. know, go ahead. A scary letter from this company because, you yes. know, it's, a, it's super confusing. It's the alphabet soup. And that's yeah. another reason we white label because one, it's better for our customers, you know, whoever's selling it, but it's also better for the end customer. And again, you know, it's like, how can we deliver that better customer experience? It always comes back to that. And so, you know, in a traditional world 10 years ago you're buying a let's just you know pick on some acronyms and uh, or letters and say you know you're buying a policy from abc carrier through uh, xyz brokerage financed by one two three company and you as an insured you get all this stuff and you're like what's going on here right it's pretty confusing and so we we try well, to yeah, that's just, that. you know it's all the more reason that why so many you know, captive and exclusive carriers like Allstate or State Farm or some of these have made it so long because there's no confusion. When you buy a policy from State Farm, you're getting financed by them, you're buying it from them, everything's done by them. And as an independent channel, we've got to figure out a way to make that a more seamless process and an easier. And so I love that you're, you know, in a sin, you're looking to solve that problem and, you know, fix that, so to speak, from your perspective, from the payments perspective, and cutting out so many touch points, you know, from other outside vendors is is a huge plus for our industry. That's right, and also providing the visibility and transparency. So if you're a producer, you know, a broker using Ascend, you can see the status of all the payments. Right, it's not in a black box with the finance company or the payments company. We'll tell you, like, you know, hey, Andrew's three days behind, and we, by the way, we've you know sent him an email and a text message. You want to call them, you know, go for it. Right. Or, hey, just want to let you know, you can see all the completed successful payments and you know that Heath is just just fine. You know, you don't have to worry about him. And so you're not going to get those uh, those notices by surprise. And you can say, hey, something going on. Like, what's up? It looks like you're a little bit behind here. We obviously don't want you to lapse your coverage. And half the time it's like, oh, sorry, I was on vacation for a week. I, I missed it. I'll pay it now. And that's way, way, way better than, you know, two weeks after that, where it's like, shoot. We lost coverage. We have to do a reinstatement. We have to call the finance company. We have to call the carrier. I, as the producer, have now done all this work that like kind of sucks because I'm not getting paid for it, right? And it's just sort of to save a sale. Um, and so that's the kind of problems we're trying to. Try yeah, to and like you said, it's also unintentional a lot of times. And you know, it could be your bank changed, or it could be that's your right. credit card expired, or it could be something just yeah. super easy. 
Totally. So yeah, I, I totally think that's awesome. The other thing, go ahead. You're about to say yeah, something. No, that's just like that's exactly right. We we apply that like e-commerce 101, call it yeah. to, to insurance payments. So when someone's credit card expires, we email them. We say, hey, your credit card on file expired, like just like Amazon does, right? And but that's novel to our to our world and just helping customers mitigate those issues. Yeah, 100%. I love that you can do that, the texting and the, the email automations and the things like that to say, hey, it looks like you're a little bit behind. You know, I'll tell you the big word that every insurance professional wants to hear is and what you're helping solve another problem is retention. Yep. I mean, that's exactly right. If you can save some of those clients and you can help that retention, even drive up another point or two on your retention, sure. that's gold. Ascend is now, you know, bringing in money. I mean, not just, you know, helping with payments and commissions and premium financing, but you're keeping money in the door and keeping that back door slam shut. That's right. Yep. So, you know, we think we're able to help in a couple ways to your bottom line. One is, uh, as you just hit on retention, if you make, if you reduce friction, right. And you make transition seamless, I guess not something we're, we're very good at, but you know, on the retention yeah. side, uh, <laughs> um, you know, uh, then then customers are more likely to stick around. So that's area number one. Area number two is what we touched on a little bit earlier, but we've seen this already in in some of our in our data is uh, customers are more likely to purchase when they can reduce when that friction at purchase is lower and that friction to financing is lower. More, you know, like if someone gets a quote and has the ability to pay and finance for it the minute they get it versus think about it or have to go back to the finance company or send a check. You know, I know, we all know that they're more likely to buy that, right? And so that's the second way we help. And then the third way we're able to help your bottom line is, uh, you know, not there's retention conversion, but we're also able to sort of share in those that financing revenue, if that's important to you. Um, ultimately, we're just trying to help you drive your net revenue, your business as much as possible. We we allow you to share in that because it's your business and we you know it better than we do. Uh, but ultimately, you know, we're giving you the levers to drive your net revenue, whether that's adding points on to take them later because it's not going to hurt your conversion or, you know, not adding any points. So the conversion goes up again, enabling tool. It's your business. We're just here to help. Dude, I love it. So from what I'm hearing, uh, you're you're much more than a premium finance company. You're okay. you're much more than just, you know, um, you know, this or that company, you can, you know, do a whole lot of different things um, from, you know, the financing, from commissions, from taking care of, you know, a lot of different things. Is there anything I'm missing that we haven't gotten into yet as we're starting to slowly wrap up? No, that's the gist of it. I mean, we, we got a lot of, a uh, lot of work to do for sure. And, you know, ultimately we want to just make that whole payments process as simple as possible and just sort of put it on autopilot. Um, and uh, we have our, we have our hands full with that. So that's where we are right now. Yeah, my, my question, and I guess this is more of a place of curiosity or nosiness, as my wife would say, is uh, are you working, do you find it easier for you and, uh, you know, more traction working with insured tech carriers or traditional um, houses that you're working with? Or, you know, are they both kind of one and the same for you? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the, the um, I, I, that's part, that's the part of this business that I enjoy the most, right? Is that we get to work with everybody and we have specific teams uh, both from a sort of business development, but also product and engineering and marketing teams who focus on a single customer type, right? So whether that's, you know, an independent agent, we have engineers who just build, you know, uh, product for them. And we also have engineer and salespeople and marketing people who, you know, talk to them and can speak their language and help communicate that. We also have that exact same thing for, uh, you know, insure tech GAs and carriers and brokerages, 
the same will be true of, of, of other you know folks later, uh, whether that's like a middle market or enterprise brokerage, and then eventually, you know, working with carriers. So that's my favorite thing is like, because it's so different than InsureTech of five or six or seven years ago, where it was us versus them. Like we get to work with everyone and that's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. I like that a lot. Um, and I, I think that's so important that we we see that more, that bridging of that gap, the old school and the new school more often. And people like you and your company looking to help bridge that gap and help work with both and speak both languages where you got legacy uh, versus, you know, some of the newer carriers. Uh, my next question out of, you know, curiosity and nosiness, I guess, <laughs> would be, what integrations do you have? Are you working with, you know, um, you know, agency management systems? Are you working with CRMs? Are you involved in the integrations right now? Yeah, we're involved in a bunch of integrations. There's always, you know, uh, there, there's always more that we want, right? Um, those are largely driven by our customers. So, um, you know, we have a bunch in the works that I can't yet talk about as they're not yet done. Uh, sure. But on the CRM and, and AMS side, and, you know, we obviously work with folks like Salesforce um, uh, yeah. as a really clear example. Obviously, a lot of the... Uh, Newer brokerages are using Salesforce as their as their CRM. So um, that said, like we rely on our customers to tell us what they need, and then we go and get it done for them. So uh, if that if what we don't have exists yet, um, you know that that's always something we're open and willing and and want to do. It's always better if we knock on whoever's door with customers, you know, behind us. So yeah. you know that works well. That's awesome. Um, yeah, are you do you have Zapier integrations there? Uh, we don't yet, but you know that's a great example where we could definitely do something. Yeah, I think that would be huge. Um, so yeah, I think the more and more you develop this, the more this comes out, more integrations. I think it's going to be that much easier for people that's to right. use your yeah. incredible product. And I really am a fan already, um, and I I'm so glad that we finally got to connect like this and to be okay. able to do this. Um, and hopefully, you know, years to come, we can have this conversation maybe on an annual basis to see what you're doing, what you're building out and uh, how you're changing the game. Uh, I really appreciate everything you're doing. Um, Any, you know, last minute advice for agents or for carriers or for anybody when it comes to financing or comes to working with tech carriers or working with customer experience? It doesn't have to be necessarily payments related, but, you know, I want to give you the keys to the city just to kind of, I'll sit back and shut up and let you take over the show for a minute. Yeah, well, well, before I before I do that and probably give people some bad advice, um, I just want to say thanks for, for having me again. Really appreciate it. Glad we're able to connect and definitely look forward to doing it on an annual basis. Hopefully you, me and Broker Brad at over cocktails at ITC at, at the very least. Um that, that one's that one's a shoe-in. Um in terms of advice and and thinking that, you know, I think a lot of the stuff we we touched on earlier around like solve your customers' problems and, and your business will take care of itself. Um I, I really believe that. Um, and, and, uh, it's all about that customer experience, right? And if, and if you're ever in a place where you have to prioritize some, someone over a customer or something over a customer, uh, really question that, um, that would be my, my main piece of advice. And in terms of working with insurtechs and, and insurtech carriers and stuff like that, um, I'd say there's a lot of like the industry is evolving very quickly and, and not everyone is, uh, you know, it's very different than it was five, six, seven years ago. So I hope people are sort of pleasantly surprised by what's out there today around trying to help people better run their businesses. You know, we, we would love for uh, brokers to be the super brokers of the world using technology, right? We don't, we're not trying to get rid of them. And so that, that's my main piece of advice. Uh, we're, 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 we don't bite. Yeah, dude. I- I, I couldn't uh, I couldn't end on a better note. So, dude, I appreciate you uh, coming on and hanging out with us. Uh, I appreciate all that you guys are doing um, over to send. 
Why don't you leave them with some contact information, how they can find you, a website address, any social yeah. handles, anything like that. Go for it. Yeah, thank you. Uh, uh, website is uh, www.useascend.com. Uh, my email is andrew at useascend, and I love talking to people, so please don't be shy. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, and then on all the socials, we're just at useascend. Uh, so would love, you know, a follow and a like there as well. Perfect, man. I appreciate it. Everybody reach out. Um, thanks again, brother. And let's, uh, let's talk again soon. Thank you. Really. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for hanging out with me and Mr. Wynn today. I really hope the conversation that we had made you a better insurance professional. Uh, guys, I'm super pumped. I just, uh, just landed here in Tampa. Uh, if you're listening to this right now, uh, during the, the week of IOA. There's so much going on here. I'm super excited about it. And um, I really hope that you, uh, if you're here, you'll look for me. If not, um, you know, reach out to me, uh, Heath at insurancetownpodcast.com. I'd love to meet as many of you as I can. As convention season's winding down, I hate I missed you if I didn't get to meet you, but uh, let's try to connect soon. Uh, I will make available uh, in the show notes my calendar if you want to schedule some time to meet with me. I think it'd be fun. Guys, uh, if you have an idea for your own show, I would love for you to reach out to my friend Ryan over at Ready, Set, Podcast. He does such a good job on this type of stuff. Uh, all you have to do is record and send it to him, and he does all the rest of the cool stuff behind the scenes. That's GetReadySetPodcast.com. Thanks again, guys. I look forward to hanging out with you again next week.